0: hello okay um good morning everybody morning. lovely to see you do you want me to pose <laughs> um it's so lovely to be here we've loved being with you yesterday and jesus was really kind and just such a beautiful sense of his presence with us and uh yeah i'm 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 expectant that he's gonna meet with us some more and and uh reveal more of himself this morning but I just want to pray for us if that's okay so uh, father we just um, we just want to say that we love you so much we love your presence Um, we love it when you come and speak to us and um, we're here for you God we are here for you and I just pray Holy Spirit that you would uh, fill this place with your beautiful presence father more than more than hearing from me God, we really want to hear your voice. We really want you to speak to us. And so, God, would you come and fill our hearts with truth? Would you come and bring revelation to our hearts? Go, open our eyes to the truth this morning. Holy Spirit, come and breathe your life into our hearts this morning. We don't want to just go through the motions of listening to a message. We want to meet with you, God. So come and fill us, Holy Spirit. Come and fill us, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Father. Brilliant. Is this quite loud and boomy, or is it. Is the sound guys are amazing. I don't have a clue what to do, but if there's any way of this being a little, little bit less boomy, thank you very much, whoever you are in the cupboard. <laughs> um, Brilliant. I want to talk to you guys about one of my favourite things about God this morning. And there's so many things I could talk to us about when I think about God, but my favorite thing about him is his kindness. I think the kindness of God is amazing. And I know that you're in the middle of a series looking at Corinthians, and I'm just going off piece because I was given permission to do whatever I wanted. So, but it will feed into uh, particularly looking at the gifts of the Spirit, I think, next week. Because The reality is the gifts of the Spirit have to flow out of of love. I think Debbie spoke about that last week. And God's kindness. The thing is when you you share a prophetic word, when you pray for the sick, when you walk around trying to reveal something of God to people, uh, when we're kind to people, we actually represent the Father. And you know in God's word it says it's the kindness of God that leads people to repentance. So if you want people to come to know the Father, our kindness is actually incredibly powerful in drawing them into repentance and encountering him. So I want to talk about the kindness of God. And we're going to look at God's kindness through looking at the life of Joseph. And I haven't got um, any fancy PowerPoints, I'm afraid, but I do have a flip chart. So that's exciting. Um <laughs> Uh, But I want to look at, we'll see how far we get, but I want to look at how we can learn about God's kindness from the life of Joseph. And we're going to be in Genesis 39. We're going to flit around a bit, but if you want to get your Bibles, we're going to start at least in Genesis 39. I think that's right. I hope it's right. Genesis 39. You know, the the truth about Joseph is he he had amazing promises from God. God showed him that he was going to be a man of influence, of authority, that he was going to be someone who saw significant things happen through his life. So he had this amazing promise through a dream. And let's say that that X represents his destination. God has spoken. This is where I'm headed. Amazing promises. Now, how many of you would love... Life to look like this. (laughs) Ta da! Anyone? Don't you just want that kind of trajectory? The, The truth is, all of us have got amazing promises from God. We're all called to have influence on the earth. It's all different depending on who we are, it's all unique, but God wants to use every single one of us in beautiful ways to represent the Father and to bring His kingdom. How many of you know that's not usually how you end up getting to the promise God's spoken over your life? And it's the same with Joseph. He he gets this promise revealed. And the first thing that happens is he gets sold into slavery. Okay, His brothers try to kill him. He gets sold into slavery. Ends up as a servant in Potiphar's house. And he starts to prosper in Potiphar's house. He's given favor. Then... Who knows the next part of the story? He's accused of something he hasn't done by Potiphar's wife. And where does he end up? (laughs) (laughs) He ends up in prison, living with this promise. What's going on? Anyone else had that? What is going on? Eventually, eventually, he ends up stepping into the fulfillment of God's promise over his life when he was made second in command in a nation. What What I love about Joseph is the first part of his story, we're going to look at the prison... He sees and notices and receives the kindness of God in the prison. And many of us experience prison seasons. You might be in one right now. But what we can learn from Joseph is that he actually looked for and received God's kindness in the prison. And we can see that in Genesis 39, verses 20 to 23. It says, but while Joseph was there in the prison, the Lord was with him. He showed him kindness and granted him favour in the eyes of the prison warder. So the warder put Joseph in charge of all those being held in the prison and he was made responsible for all that was done there. The warder paid no attention to anything under Joseph's care because the Lord was with Joseph and gave him success in whatever he did. I don't know about you, but I find that absolutely staggering because he was put in prison unjustly he had done absolutely nothing wrong potiphar's wife accused him no one believed his word he was put in prison and i don't know about you if that had been me i think i would have actually been much more likely to be offended with god what are you doing where are you god you've spoken to me about being a ruler about being an influencer now i'm in prison and it wasn't even my fault where are you? What are you doing? Anyone else much more like me than Joseph? <laughs> the thing I find so challenging about Joseph, he would have had to intentionally be looking for the kindness of God to see it. If he'd just been offended, shaking his fist, head down, down in the dumps, just bleh, he would have missed the fact that God was with him. He would have missed the kindness of God in his life. He wouldn't have stepped into the favor that God wanted to open up to him, even in the prison. And as I said, the truth is, all of us carry amazing promises from God. Whether you know it or not, God has called you and chosen you to do good works that he's prepared in advance for you to do, right? Really good works. Anytime you think, oh, I wish I was more like that, My life is a bit boring. You've got to read read the Bible. He's prepared good works in advance for you to walk in them. It's amazing. But often the trajectory to stepping into the promises that he's spoken over our lives can look a lot like Joseph. And we can also find ourselves in prison seasons. And it's really important that we don't get offended with God, but that we look for his kindness, even in those times. Prison seasons can feel like things like, or be like things like health challenges. When we suffer with sickness, or we have to watch those we love suffer through sickness, that can feel like a prison season. Financial challenges, when we struggle with debt, or it's a challenge to make ends meet. Relational challenges, challenges in our marriages, or with our friends, or with our children. Struggles with sin or addictions, where we just can't get free and we're stuck. And it can feel like we're in a prison. But the truth is, and this is amazing, that God's nature never changes and that he is kind to us when we are in seasons that feel fun and light, but he's also kind to us in the prison. He is close, he is near, he is kind. And if we just look for his kindness, we will see it. Just to give you an example from my own life, um... Coming up to four years ago, I had to have a hysterectomy um, because of various things going on in terms of cysts on my ovaries. And I'd been on a long journey up to that point, but it was a real shocking consultancy with the with the consultant. And actually, Kate was with me in the room, and he wasn't very pleasant, actually, was he? I don't think. I have had to forgive him since. He just wasn't very empathetic, wasn't very kind. Um, I'm single, I don't have children, so it was a pretty traumatic time for me. And, and I'm still working through it. I'm still living with grief about that. And I think, I think there always will be grief. It will never, there will never be a day when it was okay that I had to go through that. I think there always will be measures of grief. But when I look back, I can see the kindness of God all the way through the process. So give, let me give you some examples. One, one example would be on the day that I was going to this consultation, I saw a lady working in the department I was in who I knew from a different church in the town. And I was able to have a conversation with her and just, just felt like God put her there specifically for me in that moment. Um, I was able to go to the meeting with Kate and after we came out from hearing that they suggested I need a hysterectomy, we both went to a friend's house, a lady called Amanda, because Amanda had said, just come over if you need to. And I was able to go over and we were able to cry together and we were able to worship together. And these guys were able to pray for me. And that was just the kindness of God in that moment. I just needed people around me. Uh, also, the, um, as I said, the consultant guy, I didn't particularly like him. And I remember processing and saying to Jesus, I'm sure he's really good at what he does. But if there's anyone better for me, would you give me a different surgeon? And it's amazing, actually, because when I got the date for the surgery, I got told that I was actually going to have a, a lady, a female consultant, instead of this guy. And uh, I was so grateful. I just felt like God's kindness. He'd orchestrated the date of my surgery to make sure I had a different surgeon. And interestingly, the, the original consultant wanted to do a, like a big incision down my tummy And I'd had that once before, and it was a very traumatic procedure, and I just didn't want to have that again. And so we were praying. And on the morning of the surgery, when I went to meet this lady surgeon for the first time, she said to me, how are you feeling? I said, I'm a bit nervous about this. Is there any way we can try, like, a C-section cut? She's like, absolutely, we can give that a go. Absolutely, we can try it. And that was just such an answer to prayer just before I went into the surgery, and that's exactly what happened. it was just beautiful, the kindness of God. And the other thing was God very clearly spoke to me about, I, 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 I felt like he spoke to me about recovering on a ward called the Orchard Ward. And I felt like God said to me, it's a prophetic promise of the fruit that's going to come out of this season, that actually there is going to be multiplied, multiplied fruit. And I'd had surgery at that hospital before, and I'd recovered on a completely different ward. So I was like, okay, I wasn't expecting to be on the Orchard Ward. When I came through, I came round from the anesthetic, I heard them saying, oh, we're going to take her up to the orchard ward now. And I was like, wow, like the kindness of God to speak a promise in one of the darkest and deepest and most painful prison seasons was just incredible. And uh, since then, I've had other prophetic things that have just reinforced it's, it's about fruit. On one occasion during COVID, my godson, who was eight at the time, drew me a picture of an apple tree. With, with a person underneath collecting the apples. And I was like, that's again just the kindness of God to speak and remind me that he was there and that he's working. God is always kind. And the truth is, his kindness doesn't mean we don't grieve or that we don't feel pain or we don't process the pain or get honest with God about the confusion and the mystery. I've done a lot of that. But also, alongside the grieving, I can hold on to the fact that God has been unbelievably kind to me. Really, really kind. And some of you are in prison seasons right now. And the Father wants to come and reveal his kindness to you today. And some of you have been in really dark prison seasons and you've just not been able to see the kindness of God. And I believe today he wants to reveal himself as kind to you. He's so, so kind. Um, Let's just continue. I'm probably going to talk about one more thing and then we're going to pray. So we can know God's kindness in prison, in the prison seasons, but also in the pruning seasons. And uh, everyone say, How exciting, pruning! the pruning seasons we see that again with joseph he succeeded in the pres- in the prison he recognized he received god's kindness he grew in favor he got put into a position of leadership and then there was the moment that he got to interpret the dreams of the baker and the cupbearer right they both had these dreams and joseph had this ability to interpret dreams and so he interpreted the dreams of both of these guys but then he says I don't know if I've got the right scripture for this. It might be Genesis 40, verse 40. Barney, can you help me? I think I've got a typo in my notes. Yeah, Genesis 40, verse 40. Then he... Huh? Not verse 40. Okay, Genesis 40, somewhere around there. He's, he, he interprets the dream, and the, and the cupbearer and the baker get released. One of them obviously dies, but one of them gets put back into their position. And he, Joseph says this, When all goes well with you, remember me and show me kindness. Mention me to Pharaoh and get me out of this prison. So I reckon Joseph is thinking here, this is my opportunity to get back on track. This is my get out of jail free card. Remember me to Pharaoh. Tell him about me. Get me out of this place. Remind, me, remind him about me. But the cupbearer, what actually happens is he forgets Joseph. The cupbearer forgets Joseph. Even though everything had happened exactly as Joseph had interpreted. And actually, Joseph remains in prison for two more years. (sighs) Now that's hard. Anyone else? That would be so hard. But I tell you what, even though it must have been so frustrating for Joseph, it's an opportunity for pruning, to keep trusting God, to keep believing he's good, to keep receiving his kindness as you wait for the promise to be fulfilled. When someone else gets the breakthrough you're longing for, that you've been praying for, someone else gets the breakthrough, it's a brilliant opportunity to be pruned. (sighs) Anyone relate to that? When someone you help to succeed flourishes and steps into loads of space and kind of forgets you, it's a great opportunity to be pruned, to allow the Father to deal with stuff in your heart, to allow the Father to reveal to you that it's not about your ministry or the space you've got, but it's all about what he thinks. When someone receives justice in their life and you're still having to navigate injustice, it's a great opportunity for pruning. kindness of God, it's his kindness that leads him to prune us. There are opportunities everywhere for us to be pruned and the reality is that the Father prunes us in order to make us more fruitful. I think sometimes we've got a really wrong understanding of pruning and we see it as punishment. We feel like, God, why are you doing this? What have I done wrong? Actually, the Bible is very clear that when he prunes us it's because we're already fruitful, because he wants us to be even more fruitful. John chapter 15, verses 1 to 2. It says, I am the true vine. My father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. What every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. So when the father is pruning you, it's because you're being fruitful. And when we understand that pruning is his kindness, we can invite the pruning. Father, prune me. What? Really? (laughs) Really? Yeah, prune me. Because I know when he's pruning me, it's because I'm being fruitful. And he's doing it because he wants to increase the fruit. Isn't that amazing? It doesn't leave us as we are. It doesn't leave us to die and the fruit kind of to drop off. It prunes it all back so that more growth can come. He's such a kind father. I'll tell you one story and then we're going to pray. Um, a few years ago now, I was praying for money to buy a house so I didn't have enough money. I had a fairly good deposit, but I started praying for money and I think I I think I was praying for about 30 grand. I was like God, would you just give me 30,000 pounds? I could do with it to bump up the the um, the deposit. And I know he's kind. He loves to provide. He really loves me. So I'm like, God, give me 30,000 pounds. <laughs> anyway, I was in the process of praying when my housemate at the time had a call from her grandma and her grandma was such a generous, generous lady, and something had happened with the family finances or something. She got off the phone and she said, guess what, I've just been given the 30,000. And I was like, on the outside, I was like, oh, that's amazing. <laughs> and on the inside, I was like, what? <laughs> Hang on a minute. You don't even want a house. You don't even need it. You have never even, you're not even asking God for it. I was like, God. I was the one asking for the money. And it exposed all this jealousy, this horrible jealousy of, if she gets it, there's not enough for me, that orphan thinking, lack, there's not enough to go around. If someone else is blessed, I can't get blessed, all that kind of rubbish. And the Lord used it to prune me, to prune my heart, to reveal what was in my heart so that I can repent. And I spent some time repenting, saying, Father, I'm so sorry for how I I saw that. And I started to really thank God for giving my friend £30,000. And actually, you know what? The Father always knows what we need, because I now actually lodge with that friend in her house. (laughs) And it's amazing, because she's incredibly generous. And God knew that I was going to be stopping working for the church and launching my own ministry. And if I had a house, I wouldn't have done it, because I would have had commitments. And actually, the reality is, I'm completely free to come and go as I please, which is the kindness of God. Anyone experiencing any pruning right now? Welcoming it with open arms? <laughs> Father prunes us because he's kind. And obviously, ultimately, we see Joseph step into favor, the promise, plenty. And the last thing for us to realize is that most often we live lives in seasons of plenty. Most often we live our lives and we are absolutely, completely and utterly blessed in, in many, many, many ways. Prison season and pruning seasons are blips in a life that is generally very blessed. Because he's such a kind father. So I just I'd love us to pray, and um, let's stand together. Let's stand together. <laughs>